It's Christmas. And we have a special guest today for our Christmas special, Maddie Broad. Ho, 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 everybody. Or the one Brighton's very own Maddie Broad is here. Say hi to Maddie, everyone. Hi, Maddie. Oh, thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> feel really welcome. <laughs> now, there's lots of things that we all do at Christmas, traditions and all sorts. Oh, yeah. And um, I'm sure there are loads of things that you can think of that you do every year without fail. But what about trying a craft Christmas competition? on Zoom with all your friends. All your friends in their own little houses all around the world. That sounds brilliant. Tell me more. I just thought, I mean, I was looking it up this morning, like what good activities for Christmas could we all do to enjoy our time a bit more in this funny old year? And I actually just Googled that exact sentence. Christmas crafts and strange times. Yeah. <laughs> these strange times.com. Unprecedented times. <laughs> Hope you're keeping well in these strange times. <laughs> yeah. These are unprecedented Christmas times. I've got a list here. Do you want to read some out, Maddie? Did, did any strike you as um, especially exciting? Oh, I was struck hard. They all, <laughs> see, they all seem like great choices, to be honest. I'm going to be, like, instead of an advent calendar, I'm going to do these activities once a day, I think. That's a really good idea. The, you could... the Billy Elliot Adventure Club advent calendar. Yeah, <laughs> or even just um, writing your own advent calendar. Okay, so I was struck by caroling pop songs. Talk to me about that. What's what's your idea around this? Well, it would be in you know nicely arranged three-part harmonies. You'd probably put on your best kind of choir boy, small child voice. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. Like think of a pop song. Have you seen that hilarious video of those kids doing? Um, <laughs> I want you to love me. I want you above me. Yes. It's oh, real. Wow. Google it, everyone. <laughs> I was going to say something of a similar ilk. It was, I think, it's a rap song. Um, can't is it can't the... watch me, you nay nay. What's that? Watch me, ooh. Watch, watch me, me nay, nay nay. Can't watch, touch me, ooh. Or something. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Ooh. Ooh. Yes, I've seen. Well, that. anyway, and there's the moment of the old, the old people in America taking off their robes. I want to take my robes off. <laughs> <laughs> I am feeling so hot. I'm going to take my robes off. <laughs> You know what, there's just so much joy to be had with just taking a song and completely changing the context, right? Joy to the world, <laughs> Christmas has come. We've got a really, really special Christmas episode for you this time because we're going to go on an adventure and we're going <gasps> to record as we go. Now, Maddie, let's start off by talking about the adventure you've chosen today and why you've chosen it. So we are going on a bike ride. Yeah, from East Brighton. Apparently, it's, it's, we're in Whitehawk, but I've gathered that if you're the slightest bit middle class, you call it East Brighton. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. That's great. If you grew up here, it's Whitehawk. Yeah. I, you know, obviously I didn't. I'm an incomer, so I'm very yeah. to where we are now is East Brighton. You're Park. a DFB. I'm a DFB. Down from? Down from Black Boys, where I grew up. Yeah. <laughs> a village called Black Boys, yeah. yeah. Um, so we're going we're gonna to cycle to Rottingdean. Yes. Um, so I picked up a bike yesterday. And I feel really lucky because I've been a key worker through lockdown um, and there's a really nice man, I believe he goes by Mike the Bike. Great name. Um, and he does up bikes and he gives them out free to key workers. Amazing. On this. We're going to be having some really great guests later on. We're going to be serving you some Christmas food for thought with a, a great, great guest, John 
Davies. The side of gravy. Yeah. <laughs> also going to be helping you to don your Christmas attire and be whoever you want to be today as well. So, Maddie, just getting back to why you decided this um, adventure to be on your bike, talk to me more about cycling. So, Billy, cycling has terrified me for a long time. I have a memory of a small bike, I will say small, it's actually quite a bad bike accident that my granddad and my brother had in front of me when I was about 11, I think, mm -hmm. maybe a bit younger. Um, they kind of, he put his foot in the um, in the chain and they went head over heels. They were riding on the same bike, he was like quite small. And they went head over heels and kind of skidded down the pavement on their faces, it was horrible. Mm. So maybe that kind of fed into my general discomfort around cycling, yeah. get a bit stressed on the roads mm -hmm. at the best of times. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I've kind of, I've always been, had a bit of an aversion but then everybody that I've ever loved, loves cycling. Yeah. And I'm this kind of odd one out who has never really warmed to it before. Yeah, but then this year, things have changed, right? You've kind of started to love it. Started to love it. It's, it's great bouncing up the hills and feeling great. With Billy Elliot's Adventure Club, we're all about bringing new ideas and new ways to adventure in the everyday. No venture is too small. So we're going to be cycling to Rottingdean, which, I mean, a lot of people who are able to cycle in Brighton probably would have done this ride already. And we're going to be recording our journey on the way and asking some Christmas quiz questions um, to make the festive ride even more festive and exciting on this Christmas special of Billy Elliot's Adventure Club. Are you ready for the ride, Maddie? I'm feeling merry and bright, Billy. And I'm really glad as well how sunny it is. We're so lucky. Aren't we just? Amazing. Let's go. Where are we, Maddie? We made it to the beach down near on the way to Rottingdean. Yeah, we're quite close to Rottingdean now, I think. We saw the windmill, didn't we? We went, we went up the roadway in the end. <laughs> we took the high road. <laughs> got some Christmas quiz questions for you. Christmas. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna ask you a Christmas quiz question. Okay. And then we'll answer it in the next section after the uh, first interview. Guys, I just want to inform you that this is gonna be a really good interview. Um, <laughs> the, the interviewee in question, his name's John, mm -hmm. and he's just a bit of a gem, really. I'd be very surprised got if... a Christmas crush. I've got a crushmas. Have you seen him as well? He's very so much I'd instantly, I instantly <laughs> looked up Billy Elliot Adventure Club Insta. <laughs> the Instagram. So that I could take a fine view of this wonderful human who... he. No, I won't spoil the uh, surprise. surprise, but um, I've hatched a plan of how I'm going to meet John as okay, well. Go on. So when I was listening this morning to the interview, because yeah. I got a sneak preview, yeah. um, I was wearing my sheep onesie, so I was lying in my bed in the sunshine and I thought to myself I could be lying on the roadside in Ashdown Forest and <laughs> John would find me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not to give too much away but that will all become very clear to the audience about how that's so hilarious in itself. Let's get some um. ketchup. <laughs> John I'm here. <laughs> I'm lying covered in ketchup. What if he started skinning you alive? Oh I'd, I'd let him, I'd give him a wink. <laughs> John, you'd know, wouldn't you? You'd That's know. too funny. He's too much of a skilled professional not to realise that I was actually just there as a booby trap. <laughs> um, OK, we're going to ask a great Christmas question. Um, Is there a theme tune for this quiz? No, you can do it. OK. Ding, 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 Billy Elliot's quiz. <laughs> Christmas edition. <laughs> OK, in the background we've got sleigh bells. Here they go. I'll edit that in and after. I'm miming the them. Post. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Um, Just like Christmas magic. Okay. In the song, Frosty the Snowman. Frosty the Snowman. What made Frosty come to life? Mm. Now, have a ponder on that one. In the song, Frosty the Snowman, what made Frosty come to life? And the answer will be shared with everyone after this brilliant interview with John Davis. (laughs) Enjoy, everyone. Radio Reverb. I'm really excited to be talking to John Davis, who's on the show, to talk to us about something really, really interesting. Now, some of you may squirm at the story, and at first when I heard this story, I wasn't fully sure it would if it would fit in the show, but only because it was such a new concept to me. And then I had a really good think about it, and I thought... Actually, what John does is exactly what we're looking for because it's all about trying new things and uh, expanding our perception of what's possible in our daily lives. So before we talk about that, I would like to introduce John Davis. Hello, Billy. Hi. Nice to be on. Hi, John. How are you? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm very well. I'm very well, thank you. You had a good day? Yeah, it's been it's been good enough. What have you been doing? Because you're living on a kind of, a kind of, is it a kind of community at the moment? Yeah, so, so, so something like that. My, my, my days usually look a bit like this. In the morning I get up, I feed the chickens, feed the pigs, check out what's happening around the garden, see if anything needs to go on. And um, then in the afternoons I, I head off to school. I work in a school, so I've got this kind of slight double life at the moment in the mornings i mm. you know live in out in the ashdown forest in a wonderful kind of almost self-sufficient kind of community and uh in the afternoons i work in a primary school so yeah mm-hmm. yeah and amazing and so that's your that's your sort of daily life but there's something that you've started to try recently that has mm-hmm. been quite surprising for the people around you who know you as a long-term mm. vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Talk to me. Talk to me about what you've been up to. Well, Billy, I I stopped eating meat when I was about fifteen or sixteen, I think. Um, and you know, for all of my kind of adult life, I have never touched it. I've never bought meat. I've never cooked it. I don't know anything about it. And I recently moved from Brighton and moved out to the countryside. And I thought, oh, brilliant. You know, I'm going to be growing all my own vegetables. I'm going to be picking fruit off the trees. You know, I'm going to be just at peace with nature and hanging out with the animals. And instead, what I've really spent, it feels like a lot of my time doing is butchering animals. And I've actually learned learned butchery on roadkill. So I've, wow. um, I've gone from a sort of lifelong vegetarian to... Uh, somebody that screeches onto the brakes at the first sign of a few feathers on the road to check out the situation, see if it's a good pheasant or not, you know? <laughs> Checking out the scene. How, so yeah, how, yeah. how did you go from being a vegetarian to butchering roadkill? Well, where I'm living at the moment, I mean, it's a lot to do with the people around me. It's 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 all credit to my, my housemates at the moment, really, that, that taught me everything about this. But I knew when I moved here, so I was on the phone to... Um, one of my current housemates and just kind of, you know, chatting about moving into where I'm living at the moment. And he said, oh, hang on, I've got to go. Someone's calling me about a deer that's by the side of the road. This was literally as I was phoning him to sort of, you know, be 
kind of interview to see if I want to move in. I've got it. There's a deer by the side of the road and, you know, I've got to call you back after I've gone and picked it up. And um, so I kind of knew before I came here that th- this would be on the cards, right? This this is part Did you of think, the... Yeah. Did you initially think that maybe they were like just really lovely sort of like paramedics for animals and they were going to go and try and save the deer that they, <laughs> they didn't call well, out Actually, that reminds me that, you know, quite a lot when you go to pick... Because the thing is, if a deer gets hit by a car, right, it, it doesn't really have a chance of survival because it always breaks a bone. And once it's broken a bone... It, it can't really live because it's a wild animal, you know, um, and there aren't any vets for deers, you know, there aren't any paramedics for them or whatever, but um, or not that I know of. If there are any and they write into the show, can you put them in, in touch with me? I'd be really interested to meet them. But um, yeah, well, that's quite funny that you say about paramedics for deers, because a couple of times recently, as well as a, a deer, we've got a free blanket because somebody pulls up by the side of the road, thinks, oh, poor deer and puts a blanket on it and drives off again. <laughs> <laughs> really? So we have two or three blankets in the house that we got because they were on top of deer. Yeah. What do you think they're trying to do with the blanket? What What do you think that's about? I mean, I assume keep it warm, but I don't know. I think it's like as someone that means well but doesn't know what to do, and just yeah. kind of their response is, "Give it a blanket. We've got a blanket in the car." You know. Yeah. 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 But no, it 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 really went like this. You know, I knew that was on the cards from from the beginning, and and I thought, well, maybe it's not for me. And just when I moved, when I moved here, you know, I was just driving along and uh, you see a pheasant on the road and you think, well, I know my housemates eat it and, you know, maybe I'll just check on it. Maybe I'll just see. And before you know it, you're picking it up. I mean, the first one I picked up, I like was reaching out. Oh, uh, oh, can I touch it? Uh, can I? Oh, oh, I've touched it. Oh, you know, really like very squeamish about it. Put it in the back of the car drove home and and then i said oh you know i've bought a pheasant home for you guys um to my to, to my housemates so I, you, you, you know and they were like well yeah i mean you've bought it home you've got to deal with it oh. <laughs> <laughs> you were kind of trapped then yeah exactly so they gave you the they gave you the the knives and the whatever well, yeah, my my first roadkill animal was a pheasant and i i i advise anyone that's interested in interested in you know starting off with roadkill to start with a pheasant because it's quite easy um mm. animal to 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 process you have to just pull the feathers off basically and uh, mm. and then you need a knife uh to just cut a little hole and pull the guts out chop mm. the legs off and the head and before you know it you have a perfectly presentable dead bird and it yeah. still looked to me not like food, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It still yeah. looked to me not like... I think that's the thing I found hardest, actually, was not converting an animal into, like, a piece of meat, but converting a piece of meat into a dinner. That's the bit mm. I've really... That's the almost the, the most... The biggest adventure of the whole thing for me. Yeah, is, I was uh, going to ask you, because you're obviously a renowned vegetarian, like, how renowned. you felt the first... Renowned, I mean, everyone knows you as. Everybody <laughs> you know what knows. I mean? you're, everyone, you're so famous for being vegetarian. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like... <laughs> that's really made me laugh. You know, like, people know you as a vegetarian, right? And mm, you know yourself mm. as a vegetarian. I know, that's... Like, yeah. How did it really feel the first time or the first few times of, of doing this? Well, yeah, I mean, it felt very... It's interesting because the actual, I mean, I, I'm going to make a distinction between the actual kind of preparing of the animal 
and then the kind of bit of it that you would call maybe butchery and cooking. Mm-hmm. And the first bit, the actual preparing, pulling the feathers off, taking the guts out, or in the case of a deer, you know, that's a much bigger job, skinning it and everything. That, to me, feels quite instinctive, you know? It feels quite primal. It feels quite... It feels like something you don't need a lot of guidance in. And in fact, I didn't, you know, because I bought this pheasant back. Oh, my housemates were busy. He just said, oh, you know, just pull the feathers off. Do this, do this, do this. Gave me a little two minute explanation of what to do and then ran (laughs) off to do something else and left me with this bird in my hands. So I was surprised by how instinctive that feels, you know, as Mm. as someone that's kind of always thought, well, we're we're not even really supposed to eat that much meat, you know? And I still firmly believe we're really not supposed to eat that much meat. So, you know, I'm not going back on that view. But it felt very instinctive and very easy. But the the, the next bit where you have this kind of peeled pink thing in front of you that you're supposed <laughs> to somehow turn this into food, that to me was like I had to really reassess my self and who I am and my, you know, my beliefs about whether I should eat this or not. And, and that that was quite that was quite hard actually yeah Mm, i can imagine what beliefs did it shift well just that kind of you know oh my body is so full of vegetables and i you know i'm kind of just fueled by good ethical choices when you know really actually i mean maybe i do still kind of believe that hang on um (laughs) what beliefs did it shift i mean it's just a big it's just a big boundary to cross, you know, not mm-hmm. not eating any flesh and then suddenly being like, well, here it is in front of me. And I've, you know, I've been vegetarian based on this kind of ethical idea that, you know, this is the less environmentally damaging, the less kind of morally damaging way to eat. And suddenly, you know, this free food appears in front of you that is mm-hmm. not you know, demonstrably not environmentally damaging or anything morally wrong with it because if you don't pick it up, it's just going to get run over again, you know? Mm. I mean, you've seen the state of those, you know, kind of things that get on the road just again and again and again. It's horrible, isn't it? Mm, and, definitely. You know, so suddenly you're like, well, my set of kind of moral ideas has led me to believe that I should never eat meat. But in fact, I'm now presented with a piece of meat that I should eat based on my own (laughs) moral compass, you know? Yeah, right. The moral compass has kind of stayed the same, right? You're just in a different context. It's just pointed you in a completely unexpected direction. So, the the, (laughs) you know, the compass is still pointing, you know, dead north. But suddenly you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is what lies ahead of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Eating an animal I found on the road. Wow. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. You sound really passionate about it. Is there an element of addiction to this? Do you think? Like getting it for free and everything, that whole... There's a real kick out of knowing. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I picked up my first deer and that is a whole different shift up. You know, I mean, I don't know if you've ever eaten pheasant, but I can pretty much take it or leave it. It isn't fantastic. It's it's not really as nice as vegetables. Yeah, that's that's a whole different kind of situation because you pick up a deer... And then you have an afternoon's work ahead of you, you know, the skinning and the butchering and all of this. And suddenly you have like a good two, three hundred quids worth of food in front of Mm. you that you've just got for free. And there's no way that that can't make you just go, yeah, I've done really well here, (laughs) you know, and it's really good. It's really good 
food. It's really good, really nutritious, really tasty, really free food. <laughs> Do you ever worry about it being a bit off or the safety or the quality of it at all from being left on the road for too long or whatever? I've never had the highest kind of food standards, but the, the, <laughs> the good thing about me and the good thing about roadkill that I, I've kind of learned is it pretty much tells you when you shouldn't eat it. Because, of course, the problem is, if you're eating an animal that's been hit by a car or a truck or something, you know, it's going to have something wrong with it, right? Because it's been hit by a car, so it's going to have, like, you know, an exploded stomach that's the worst thing you could have is an exploded stomach oh. and then basically st stomach contents which um you know all the listeners oh. will know what your stomach contains are just splattered all over everywhere and it's disgusting oh god um <laughs> but it's very obvious if that's happened it's very very obvious you know yeah, <laughs> like you can't yeah. <laughs> you just one one cut it open and oh the smell oh, <laughs> you know no. so and then do you eat that if the stomach's exploded do you eat it still if the stomach's exploded there'll probably be other bits that are kind of yeah around like that, you, that you can yeah yeah the legs and well it, it only really has legs right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, guess so. I guess it has legs and arms they are distinctly different things you know they join up in different ways and yeah yeah, yeah. No, it does have legs and arms yeah <laughs> or the neck is pretty much always good you know so you can mm. you can work around it but there's always some working around to do when you're doing it when you're when you're preparing the animal and butchering it and everything like how does it feel? Like, what do you what do you think about when you're doing that? There is always a moment, and I wouldn't say it's a prolonged feeling, but it's come at every moment with every animal that I've kind of had my hands on, where you, you do kind of look it in the eyes. You kind of say, thanks, you know? Mm -hmm. With roadkill, it feels very good to be, you know, taking a, a life that's been discarded, you know? It's just been, right, that's it, game over for you, you know? <laughs> and to kind of bring it back bring it back into the circle of life and nutrition and you know all of this it's nice it's a good it feels good but certainly with a big animal a deer you always kind of have to look in the eyes and have this moment of emotional kind of like this is a real living mm. creature now deceased i am a real living creature someday to be deceased you know it's kind mm -hmm. of it's a powerful feeling yeah i mean what you're saying earlier about it being quite a primal experience like once you've got over the initial like kind of grotesque barrier mm. i can imagine it could be quite um kind of weirdly peaceful because you're kind of very connected to that sort of primal deep sort of part of you that kind of knows what to do yeah yeah you you're kind of guided by instinct as much as you are by intelligence you're also just operating in this kind of space where death is very present and very real you know and that's kind of that's a fascinating adventure to 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 dive into. I mean, I've had some weird, really weird dreams in the past couple of months. You know, I've dreamed about my like peeling off my own skin and looking at all the meat underneath, and you know, wow. it's it's very like you know you're operating in a space where death is very present, but that's almost a calming feeling, I think. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of facing it, isn't it? Like in our culture, as we all know, like we're so separated from death and. It with our, within our kind of human culture, but also in our in our like animal consumption, there's so many you know mm. so many of us don't don't experience the way that the animals that people eat are killed and. No, I mean, yeah, I I hate that. I hate when people say things like, "Oh yeah, I do like chicken," but oh goodness, I it, it upsets me to imagine them running around so happy. Before, you know, like you know, <laughs> I think if you're gonna if you're gonna eat it, you've got to be able to look it in the eyes. You know. Would you still consider yourself a vegetarian then? Well, I've been saying, you know, 
as I'm kind of, you know, wielding the knife and chopping deer legs off and things, I've been, you know, going, I am still a vegetarian, you know, splattered in blood and waving bones around. I think I would. And I think that this kind of eating habit and this adventure is very much based on where I am at the moment. You know, I'm lucky enough to live in the Ashdown Forest where deer are running around all the time and sadly getting hit by cars all the time, you know, and certainly don't think I, you know, I can't see myself walking down the meat aisle at Sainsbury's anytime soon kind of dribbling but it has opened my eyes to a world of kind of cooking and food and 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 eating where ah actually meat can be quite nice it can be quite delicious but what I'm really hoping and this is yet to play for but you know fingers crossed is that it's not like a gateway drug into just eating meat I don't think it is. I really don't think it is. <laughs> the reason I asked you mm. whether you were um, veg- still considered yourself vegetarian is because we've already established in our conversation that your moral compass is still pointing the same direction and you still believe, you know, the same beliefs you believed before you'd started learning how to butcher and mm. um, mm. prepare, you know, roadkill. Mm. So in a way, it's it's been a quite a big leap in, in learning, but not been a massive leap for you in like your moral perspectives i think that's the adventure really is the learning like i think that i used to you know back in the the days when we could go traveling and things like that i used to kind of be like you know i go on adventures to learn but i think that what i've learned this year in 2020 is that like you know learning that's right that's the adventure right you you know learning new things is an adventure in in your mind and whatever it is it used to be adventure to learn new things and now learning new things to adventure you know yeah i love that it's great for people who are listening right now mm-hmm. how would you advise people who are interested in getting involved like if they wanted to try butchering roadkill like what would what would be your top tips well my first tip would be don't be afraid you know it's a perfect arena in which to learn you know if you get it wrong and you accidentally throw a bit of meat away it was going to get run over anyway so don't you know don't be afraid make mistakes just go for it not always i mean i'm not sure to the brighton listeners that i would go for like you know roadkill seagull or something i mean i don't think i'm that quite that far one of my housemates is basically eats anything he finds and has has sort of tried cat and badger and stuff before but no way like i'm not sure i'm that far yet (laughs) (laughs) i was actually gonna ask you are there any particular animals you wouldn't eat um, I mean, so far I've tried everything that's been put in front of me, but I, I, I've seen a couple of foxes, you know, that I just think I'm not sure fox is going to be good eating. Yeah. Maybe someone can correct me. Maybe someone can, can phone in and tell me, no, fox is delicious, but I'm not sure. I really associate animal flesh with like human flesh. It's definitely like on me. Like this is not something I think everyone should think. <laughs> but like when I, yeah. well, if I was to eat animals in any context, I think I would still, whether it was ethical or not, you know, whatever, hmm. I would still have this strange. I think this strange sense that I was kind of eating a friend. Like it could just be a, a friend, a human friend. <laughs> you know, there's something really visceral, like this visceral association. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, I think that they do say that um, it's pork that's supposed to be most like human meat. So I think if you really want that feeling, you better go for (laughs) pork. But um, (laughs) but yeah, I I know what you mean. I I think that when you've seen the whole thing start to finish, you know, there's zero 
objections that I can think of morally. So <laughs> it's it's a good. You feel good, I think. Yeah. Oh, oh, what an amazing story. We've actually come to the end of our time. And usually at the end of an interview, I ask a guest to set the audience a challenge. Um, do you have a challenge for us? Yeah, I do. Um, my challenge is, it's not about butchery. It's not about ha- having to own an apron or having to get splattered in blood. Oh, thank God. <laughs> it's a challenge about learning something new, uh, something new in nature. My My challenge to the audience is just to find something that they walk past every day or something that's familiar to them a tree in a park or you know a particularly beautiful bush that has wonderful berries on it or you know a a little flower that is creeping up through the pavement anything like that and just learn a bit about it learn its name see if there's any interesting uses for it my challenge is learn something's name and get to get to know nature a little bit better amazing You've set this great challenge and you said to me that you so there's something that's inspired this challenge. Yes, this was a little bit inspired by a poem by a good friend of mine, the friend that in fact recommended me to get in touch with you and, and be on the show. He wrote a poem that sort of inspired me to set that challenge and the poem mm. is called Faces. Mm. And uh, if you don't mind, I'll read it. Yeah, great. I'd love to hear. Experiments have found that humans can log and recognise 5,000 faces. I made my way through my archives and I realised I can still remember the face of each shop assistant I have ever fallen in love with, fearing I would reach my limits soon. After seeing the face of God in a tree's bark, I conceived an experiment in which trees would be uprooted and placed in laboratory conditions to test the most ardent naturalist's recall. But hasn't science caused enough damage already? I thought, instead, to stage a disorienting kidnap, driving subjects in the dead of night to reveal a tented tree. But what good is a landmark without context? So, lacking the necessary scientific training, I vowed to fall for a new beloved each day, and this time, to have the confidence to ask their name. Oh, I love that final line. Yeah, it's all about that last bit for me, you know. To fall for a new beloved each day and this time have the confidence to ask their name. That is my challenge. Mm. Gave me tingles, tell you that for free. (laughs) (laughs) That poem is written by um, Brighton's rising star poet, Matt Alton. Yes, go and check him out. Yeah, find him on all the social media. Yeah, please do. He's fantastic. That's from his little recently self-published pamphlet called One of a Few examples of my capacity to rage which i think features maybe 10 or 11 excellent poems several of which have made me cry yeah so deeply touching his work yeah thanks matt yeah oh john thank you so much you've been such a fantastic guest and a brilliant new member of bitley elliott's adventure club oh i'm so pleased to be a member i've really enjoyed being on i've had a great time i I wish you could see but i'm beaming i'm really smiling (laughs) Uh, I've had a fantastic time. It's been really nice. (laughs) Right, thanks so much, John. Have an amazing weekend. And you too. Have a fantastic weekend. See you later. Thanks, bye. So what a brilliant interview that was. I mean, I'm still I'm still loving it, even now. <laughs> what did you find so great about it, Maddie? <laughs> <laughs> Billy, stop it. Uh, yeah, yeah, like it was me. Yeah. Not all you. No, 
Um, I really enjoyed his, 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 his openness and warmth. It made me want to visit the Ashdown Forest mm. and see for myself. You want to go and see him, baby? <laughs> I can find his community home. John, we're going to have to all hang out. I mean, he's actually quite keen to hang out, you know. You don't need to dress with up. With me? No, with me. He doesn't know you yet. <laughs> <laughs> with me, because we've spoken. <laughs> John! Um, Stop it, no, it's silly now. <laughs> silly now. Silly now. Trying to turn it. Trying to tell us off for talking us. Look, we must not objectify people for their for their I totally agree. <laughs> I looked at her with wide eyes. I think that was an intentional look. Yeah. I've got a blush on. <laughs> you're, you're quite blushing, aren't you? Yeah, I think you know what, honestly, I've had some amazing guests so far on the show, but I think with John. It, I felt like my job was done for me. I hardly had to speak at all. He had such a good story and he was really funny as Wonderful well. Wonderful manner. Yeah, so I'm really, really lucky to have been put in touch with him. Um, so we're going to answer the quiz question now. So this, the question was, in the song Frosty the Snowman... Frosty the Snowman... What made Frosty come to life? Did you have any good guesses, Maddie, or anything? Well, I thought, was it the... It, it must be hidden, not in the first verse. The answer is beyond the first verse. We've had <laughs> so many calls in, in, the, in, the, in the, oh, since we last... We've been inundated. I could hardly <laughs> listen to that one for the interview because the phone was going again. Yeah. again. I don't know while we've been cycling. Doorbell was going. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we had some great... We had some great... Um, <laughs> some great guesses. We had uh, the Christmas cake. We had, no, we had some stupid guesses what as well, would, didn't what we? What would make you come alive at Christmas, Maddie? <sighs> I think you know the answer to that, Billy. <laughs> John. <laughs> no, plenty of plenty of wonderful games with my loved ones. What kind of games? Oh, the silly kind, like like Boulder Dash. That's fun. Except in our family, we call it Fictionary. So, <laughs> uh, uh, uncle, uncle, uncle or aunt will sit there. Actually, I've said uncle and aunt. It's definitely not uncle or aunt. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, my dad yeah. will get a massive dictionary and they'll find a word that none of us know. Yeah. And then we have to make up the definitions mm, for it. Nice. And then you have to try and guess the right definition. Mm. That would make me come alive. Yeah. <laughs> very, very benign. <laughs> Christmas. Things that come, make me come alive at Christmas. Probably, honestly, probably like all the decorations and like all the like lights and everything. I'm really looking forward to making my house like a proper winter wonderland this year. In fact, like I urge you all to do, or anyone who can, to do the same because there's really no limits once you've got paper and scissors. <laughs> well, we were talking earlier about Christmas crafts that you could do on Zoom and yeah. we thought you could make some snowflakes and I suggested maybe we could print out a picture of our favourite snowflake generation person and then make a <laughs> snowflake decoration. Yeah, I know, I love it. I love the idea of Christmas um, decoration competitions on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. so we're going to do... I don't know, did we actually talk about that in the interview? I can't remember. I don't think before. we did, yeah. Oh, well, we were talking about it behind the scenes that we were going to host one. So if anyone wants to be part of our Christmas decoration quiz competition... Um, Stay tuned. Keep looking at the Instagram, Billy Elliot's Adventure Club. That's B-I-L-L-I-E, Elliot with one L and one T, Adventure Club. You find that on Instagram and we'll keep you updated on the uh, event that we are yet to host, but are very excited about. Can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be so silly. I'm beaming from here Honestly, to here. Christmas silliness, you've come to the right place. Here, right Haven't now. Haven't they? They've come to the right place. I'm telling you, you've come to the right place. <laughs> anyway, so the answer to the quiz question is... The question being, in the song Frosty the Snowman... Frosty the Snowman... What made Frosty come to life? And the answer is... Drum roll, please. That's my size, everyone. <laughs> An old silk... Hat! 
which I just didn't even, I'm I wouldn't a silk have. silk hat and a button nose and an eyes made out of coal. <laughs> Why silk, I wonder? Anyway, we're going to move on um, to the next, um, <laughs> next interview. But before we go on, we're just going to ask one more Christmas quiz question. Question number two, come on down. OK, what traditional Christmas decoration is actually a parasitic plant? Got to be careful with your plosives on that one, haven't you? Par- parasitic plant. <laughs> plosives. I actually looked that up recently, that word. Parasitic. How many word Christmas words have got the plosives in it? Christmas pudding. Ah, Christmas pie. Oh, you're gonna say pe- Christmas people. <laughs> you can ring in or message us or email us with any more Christmas plosives that you can think of. But before then, listen to this brilliant interview with an amazing local dresser-upper and famous clown, Amy E. Ritson. You're in for a treat. Fabulous. Yeah. Let me tell you about a thrill. So we have Amy Ritson on the show and I'm really excited to talk to her because we've been friends for a little while and share a similar interest. And the adventure with Amy and I, or mostly Amy really, I think you kind of push the boat out in the best way, um, is to do with clothing. Yes. Amy, how are you doing today? I'm really well today, thank you. Are you? How's it all going? I've, I've, I've had a good week, thank you. I've been dressing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every day is a dressing up adventure. Amazing. Yeah, I saw your video. So Amy, I think yesterday you posted a video. I um, did. Or, that you'd edited of you in a, an amazing clown outfit. Did yes. you make that outfit? I made that outfit myself. I want to get really into that, making more clothes. Usually I'm like a charity shop, funky thing, something catches my eye, I've got to have it kind of person. But I'm going to start yeah. constructing outfits, costumes to more expression, not just getting attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's what you were talking about, because you messaged me a little while ago asking, saying, I've got this idea to talk at the radio show about uh, clothing and self-expression. Yeah. Um, and it, it, I was initially like, I wonder how that's going to fit. And then I thought, of course it will fit, because it's all about trying new things to expand our perspectives on reality Absolutely. and life. Absolutely. Adventures in perspective. So... You know, I'm looking through the eyes of someone wearing a pink fluffy coat today, so everything's feeling a bit raspberry, a bit bright. And, you know, you can, you can see through someone else's eyes by, you know, you might have a goth day. I think you should try these things. Mm. Yeah, totally. You never know who you're going to get talking to. Yeah, I was going to say that, actually. Like, when you wear something different or bright or mm. um, out of the ordinary, it definitely, like you were saying just before, like, it definitely um, attracts people. Yeah, people want to say to you, oh, I love what you're wearing, or, <laughs> yeah. you know, you look yeah. absolutely bonkers, which I don't mind also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's how I spotted you, Billy, amongst the crowd. Yeah, talk, talk to everyone about that a little bit. Well, I think you, I think you should uh, explain your uh, hobby looking out your window, you creepy girl. <laughs> we, we so, have our parents, well, my, my dad's house is opposite Billy's family home. And yeah. the front windows face each other. So the bedroom windows were there. We've had good times like the bunting, just being like, oh, here yeah. we are putting some bunting between our windows and what did we do that for did we just do that for fun or was i think it was just for fun yeah <laughs> it wasn't the, it wasn't ready? the queen's did... birthday 
So our bedrooms are opposite sides of the street, and Ooh. we put bunter between our windows, didn't we? And yeah. I, I spotted Billy going in and out of her house after moving there, and I think I stopped your mum in the street and said, "Is that your daughter?" <laughs> <laughs> she looked really cool. I can't remember. I think at the time you had really short hair. Did I? You chatted my mum up, didn't you? I chatted your mum up. <laughs> can good, you tell? Can you tell your daughter she can come over for tea at my house <laughs> if she wants to talk about clothes with me? Yeah. <laughs> and we got we got um we got I I'd say spotted in the street because that sounds good by uh, <laughs> an old work kind of colleague, didn't we? When yeah, we hadn't worked there someone at the at same, depot. someone at the depot, the cinema in Lewis, they uh, mm. said, I mm. recognise you too. What's this style you're sporting these days? Yeah. <laughs> so I just, she asked us, didn't I she? Honestly, how, how we would describe what we were wearing. I'd put my coat like, on over my pyjamas that day. <laughs> yeah. I think I was wearing, like, I called it van sheet. Yeah. Wearing... I'll live in my car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, another thing, um being, you know, given clothes and someone says, Oh, I thought of you and I saw this, or you're just you've gone out, the weather's changed and you're given a jumper and it's oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna rock this, I'm gonna see what it's like to wear a fluffy green jumper today. Can tell yeah, I like fluffy nice. things, can't you? <laughs> yeah, well why wouldn't you? Fluffy, spotty patterns. Yeah, yeah, and you were saying you're saying about um how we're saying about how you kind of immediately become a lot more approachable when you're like dressed in a certain way and you said that you'd met somebody at the bus stop i'm standing at the bus stop it's raining man turns around i just took my hat off and i had my bright green hair he went whoa that's really cool why have you done that i weren't coming up to halloween And I haven't done green before. Said, oh, mm. back in the day, oh, I was down in Brighton. I was part of the punk scene. Turned out he had the second tallest Mohican in Brighton. <laughs> so, ah, oh, round of applause to you, sir. I felt like shaking his hand, you know. And How did he know that? Did he go to a competition? Or there must have been a competition. <laughs> you yeah. tape measures out. like. Yeah. <laughs> it you know it brought people together then um you know mm. maybe not in always in the best way because you're separating people like by having a style mm. but and that's why I choose to pick and choose all the different elements of things that I like mm-hmm. not to be yeah, totally. I mean I didn't feel I wasn't like a big fitter in at school I could kind of like dart between crowds or be on my mm. own but always like spotting the different parts of different cultures and different mm. uh, styles that I liked. Mm-hmm. It's definitely self-expression, yeah. but also about connecting with other people. Mm. Yeah, like I guess like all these different cliques and different styles and stuff, do you feel like you kind of chop and change between them quite a lot? Though? Oh, definitely, definitely. It's a, a mood thing and an intention thing as well, you know. Um, yeah. How do I want to feel today? You know, yeah. how confident do I feel today? Do I want yeah. do I do I want an adventure today? And you know, I'm my biggest tip, like wear anything you want, but like have something big and basic on your feet so you can still climb over fences, you can trudge through <laughs> mud, you can ride a bike, you know. <laughs> Amazing. How did it feel like do you remember the first time you dressed in a kind of unconventional way? Uh I I always loved dressing up. My mum had us a brilliant dressing up box 
uh, when we mm. were kids, you know, with uh, Halloween-y things. Oh, that's the dog getting involved. Um, Halloween things, like Victorian yeah. funny little dresses. We used to make hats, a uh, really creative mm. time. Um, mm. Then we moved to a rural part of Ireland where, as I said, it was like quite tricky to get hold of anything. But we were in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I got my first camera and mm. I could take pictures of the landscapes and things. But like something was like, mm, actually, I need to be able to manipulate things more and show more of myself kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So with like, you know, eyeliner, I was drawing makeup on my face and going out in the garden with a mirror in the snow and <laughs> doing all this wacky stuff. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, putting on the school uniform again felt really oppressive to me. So then, really? like, moving back here, being back around Brighton, this area, uh, having more access to it, mm -hmm. you know, as a kind of, you know, when you're growing up, you're becoming, a, you're becoming who you want to be. Mm. And if that, if that keeps changing, you've got to keep changing and flowing with it as well, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Do you think there are like certain challenges? Like, do you feel like you've faced any certain challenges or like? Oh, do you know what made me really angry? <laughs> mm. uh, the uh, deputy head teacher of my secondary school with her makeup wipes, her remover, and it was like, take your makeup off. You're, you know, it's not good for you. It's like, but I'm wearing like glittery eyeliner I'm, I'm being happy and jolly here and you're like crushing me that's difficult mm. but since like growing up you know I only ever really get positive feedback that's so great it is it's really good and it's I mean it's a confidence thing as well definitely standing out but then being remembered like we live well you you move around a lot I've been based in Lewis for quite a while and you start being recognized for you know, in Waitrose, there's a, there's a lady who says, didn't you have green hair last week? I say, like, yeah, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, being, yeah. being, being noticeable and memorable and mm. people remember you and they say, oh, why don't we contact her about that? Or, you know. Yeah. Do you think um, it brings new opportunities your way then? Absolutely, absolutely. Because of the people you meet, mm. they're the ones who are yeah. going to open the doors for you. You know, mm. I find it, I find, you know, other people are what makes me do things like the video. I want to show people it. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't have done that without the opportunity of people kind of giving me the good feedback. Do you think, you know, you were saying about how I've moved around quite a bit, but you've stayed in the same place. Mm. Do you think that your, your version of moving around is changing what you look like and how you express yourself? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's a great way of putting mm. it. Because mm. you're still moving around then, aren't you? But it's like your identity rather than... Yeah, like, yeah. It's like an internal adventure, I suppose you could call it. Mm -hmm. Without getting definitely. too philosophical about it. But yeah, definitely. <laughs> you've got yellow hair at the moment still, right? Yeah, it's... that was an adventure and a like a because you you didn't want it that color, did you? And then I sold you some dodgy hair dye, actually, <laughs> and it went I yellow. Thought... So because of me being like, why don't you try this one? Now, like you're like the sunshine kid. Yeah, because Amy worked in a kind of shop in Lewis that sells lots of different hair dyes, and I usually go in there. Yeah, that's been my hair dye shop since I was a little kid. I was gonna say the lovely, uh, you know, teenagers who come into the shop, and you can see their kind of eyes light up, thinking, "Oh my god, I'm gonna like." Uh, root in on what I really like in this place whether I'm going to buy like you know studded belts because I want to look like punky or you know pink mm. princess stuff or whatever it is mm. 
you can find your niche. I love seeing people just go, oh, I can be me. Mm. Really nice. Exactly. Because you're an artist as well, aren't you? And like, it's, yeah. it's almost like layers of a costume. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like working on yourself and almost like you're, you're, you're being the art in a way. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sometimes say to people, if I put as much effort into my artwork as I do what I'm wearing day to day, then I might get somewhere. But, you know, it's accessible art, isn't it? And why, yeah, why, why paint a picture and leave it at home? I'm going to just do it and wear it. Yeah, absolutely. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I like what you said earlier about how I was a creepy little kid watching you. <laughs> I love <laughs> Billy's window, though, because it's got all the, like, lovely, brightly coloured hangings. And I'm sure that you've got, like, uh, little candle holders outside your window. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I, I do. I'm going gonna, gonna <laughs> to share my lovely display of brightly coloured candle what's-its on my window. Do you know why I've done that? Why have you done that? I- it's all my just rubbish that I need to get rid of that I just haven't got rid of. I just left it there. <laughs> oh, I love it. Leave it. It looks lovely. And you know, really? when, when, when I'm over my dad's, I just have a little glance up at your window. I'm like, hi, oh, yes. I'm in the right place. There's the nice window. <laughs> I've got a little Black Lives Matter poster up at the moment and a little yeah. like, pride flag as well. Great, great. Yeah, yeah. it is because it's, it's like a, a window into your world that you're putting out to the rest of the world. Anyone who walks past, you think, oh, yeah, someone nice lives there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. Someone with loads of, someone with loads of crap. Loads of, loads of, loads of, loads of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's That's really hilarious. Good. <laughs> that's hilarious oh it's funny actually because I'm actually here right now and I can see your sister through the window <laughs> oh lovely trying to get her attention from me Amy says hello do you think she's a bit do you think she thinks I'm a bit creepy no do you all think I'm a bit no, creepy as yes. you all talked about it because I do look quite a lot <laughs> we we do exactly the same thing from our house you know it's like oh, oh number 23 is going out again oh, <laughs> oh look they've just had a log delivery down there Oh, you know, yeah, absolutely. It is very because our windows are very open, aren't they? Like, they they're are right opposite each other, and I don't think it's the kind of street that's going to have like um, you know privacy curtains. It's no, it's all very unsafe. Oh, the, the 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 street has its own WhatsApp group. It's lovely, mm. <laughs> lovely ends to be in. It's quite funny. Yeah, <laughs> if, there, a part of it. if there if there's going to be you know a street party for no reason, <laughs> maybe we started it with the bunting, you know, and every, everyone waves at each other and smiles and says morning and stuff, don't they? Yeah, mm, I I do think like yeah. I wonder what they think of us, you know. Yeah, an old lady in the street actually came up to me and complimented me on my bright yellow hair she was like god that's amazing and it really surprised me because I just didn't expect it the older ladies love the brightly coloured hair and sparkly things as well it's really cool isn't it it is great yeah Mm. the um the guy with the Mohican he was he was an older gentleman yeah 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 (laughs) love it (laughs) I think um, most of the time it's old people who tell me they like how I look (laughs) really I get talking to on the buses yeah yeah. Why do you think that is then? Why do you think it's the oldest, the elderly? Oh, I don't know. Maybe they've just got to a point in their life where they're like, oh, I, I'm going to talk to people without any, um, you know, uh, boundaries, kind of barriers hold up between them. Yeah. So I guess to people who are listening, who like kind of see these people in the street, yeah, who are all dressed in, you know, people like you, and kind of wish, yeah, and you know, like see. Yeah, well, what? No, but like, what if if there were sort of people who might 
feel like, oh, I could never do that. I'd never have the confidence. Mm. Or I, w- I wouldn't be able to ever pull that off. I get that a lot. People saying, yeah. oh, I would never pull that off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, only, what, what only you, you can pull that off. Um, yeah. <laughs> what would you say to them? What would you, yeah. Like, how, what would you advise them to if do? If they want to do it, do it at home first. <laughs> mm, yeah. Dress up at home, maybe with a friend or something. Go on, yeah. go on like one of those, you know, when you give each other a fiver and say, right, you have to go pick me up a mad outfit. Amazing. And then you get each other a crazy outfit from the charity shops and then you go on a tour of town acting like nutters. Mm-hmm. That would be, that's my perfect that's day out advice. But wear sensible shoes. <laughs> I, I love that. Is that your challenge then? Because at the end of each interview, I often ask people... Um, to set a challenge, the audience a challenge. Yeah, Would yeah. That be your challenge. My challenge is to go just maybe around the block. Yeah. In in something really kooky, you could put your coat on backwards or anything. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and just yeah, get out there. See how it feels. See how it feels. I love that. But yeah, have a great day, Amy, and thanks for getting in touch. Thanks so much, duty Billy. Welcome to Billy Elliot's Adventure Club. You're now the next member of our club. Yay! Woo! Yay. <laughs> See you later. Bye, gorgeous. Bye. What a lovely, lovely bike ride that was. That was glorious, actually. I feel like I'm definitely going to be doing that again in the very near future. Yeah. So, so to all our listeners out there, we've just arrived in Kemp Town on the beach and the sun is just about to set. If we were a bit further along, there would be murmurations going on right now. Yeah, it's that time of day. Um, what a brilliant, brilliant interview that was. Amy inspired me today to, to wear the current outfit that I am presenting, which is extremely colourful. I feel like my, my festival self, which is a nice thing in mm. December. Um, yeah, I thought that Amy's kind of openness to just being whoever she wants to be each day, that really that really drew me actually to the story, really. You know, in the morning you're feeling a little bit like being a sailor. Do that. Why not? Just give it a go. I think it's just invitations to play at any opportunity. Yeah. And I really... I- so why not? And a Christmas special for you all, Billy Elliot's Adventure Club, why not give it a go and don some mad outfit over the December month? You never know. You might end up meeting someone new or having a really fun adventure as a result. So, Maddie, we've done this bike ride. How are you feeling? <sighs> I'm feeling liberated. I'm feeling peaceful and... Like doors are opening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, amazing. So we were talking a little bit about how you used to find bike riding quite scary. So what changed then? What made you be the, the avid cyclist that you are today? Well, there's been a few things this year that have been um, opportunities to show myself that I can be stronger than I might think. Yeah. As with, a, I'm sure many people have had that experience with this these strange times hashtag these strange times (laughs) (laughs) unprecedented (laughs) (laughs) but um so i I suppose i kind of thought to myself oh don't be silly we can do this like you know lots of people that i love as i said before love cycling and the feeling that it brings and yeah and i just thought it's time Mm. Uh, for the listeners out there who have something that they kind of put off because they're a little bit intimidated maybe let's say what advice would you give them to help them a little bit nudge them into the direction of trying it again or giving it a go to expand their experience and horizons i suggest that you 
ask yourself, is there an old story that I've got here that's repeating itself? Am I still asking an old version of myself for advice about this new present issue? Should I maybe reevaluate the story because it's unlikely that will happen? Yeah. You know, it might happen at some point. Yeah. But don't let old stories stop you from living in the present moment. Yeah, and also giving it a go in small doses, you know, micro-adventures, they're valid. It's nice to try things in small chunks. So, we have two challenges in this show to remember. The first one is from Johnny Davis. He said to... Oh, it was lovely. He used Matt's poem, and he said to for, to find a new beloved every day and learn their, or have the confidence to speak their name. A beloved, yeah, yeah. So it's about finding something in nature and learning learning about it and learning what it does and um, what we would call it and having the, uh, growing our knowledge slightly of the everyday um, natural surroundings. Deepen your conversation mm. with your surrounding world. Mm. And I loved Amy's, um, I loved that one, and I loved Amy's challenge to just put on an outfit and walk around the block with, with a mate or on your own and just see what happens. Or go on a bike ride to Rottingdean wearing your, <laughs> your spangly, silly festival garbs. Yeah, you as never we did know. today. You never know what might happen. We, we were told today on our ride that we were the colourful, most colourful people on the beach. Mate, we? you were told that. I was standing next to you also being quite colourful. I think colourful. they meant you, though. I think they meant both of us. <laughs> yes. OK, so we've got to reveal the Christmas uh, quiz answer. Christmas of emotions. Um, where's the... What was the famous Christmas plant that's actually a parasitic plant? The answer is... Drum roll, please. <laughs> mistletoe! Yeah, so, uh, how, hey, we didn't know that, did we, that mistletoe is a parasitic plant as well? But then when you think about it, you see it growing in the tops of trees in yeah, the woods. Yeah, right, so they kind of mean... Latching on. Right, they kind of mean just like a, an aggressive species. <laughs> but we're going to dive into the joy of Christmas head first this Blush. next month. Let's get the list of Christmas Christmas activities. Uh, the Christmas pop song caroling, yeah. so I'll be shortly going home and arranging four-part harmony for that. <laughs> um, yes, we said make a snow globe in a jar really easily, actually, if you just look it up. You can even make potpourri. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a good one. Christmas song bingo. So um, if you're all together getting the house ready or just doing chores or whatever for Christmas time Christmas as a family, chores. Yeah, you can put Christmas songs on, put a playlist on and make a little bingo card and then everyone can cross off when a song comes up, you know, from the bingo. So, and if you have five crosses... You collect five songs, oh. then you win, you get Christmas bingo. So oh, I love that's that. quite a nice one to do. And probably one of my favourites on the list, Christmas karaoke. Um, and so my Christmas song, you said your Christmas uh, favourite Christmas song was... Um, Christmas of emotions. Christmas of emotions. Lesser known, but an absolute banger. And my one is Christmas time. Mistletoe and wine. No, it's Christmas time by. It's I think it's the Backstreet Boys. Christmas time. All right. It's so no, it's here we are. It's Christmas again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Christmas time. Spelling, cooking. Absolutely wonderful Christmas time, and it's not too early this year. And there's no such thing as a naughty list. Never, not is this there year, ever? But especially not in 2020. Get your naughties out. <laughs> Everyone is a winner this year, and I hope you all have a really lovely festive period. And this is over and out for Billy and Maddie.
Thank you so much for inviting me onto the show, Billy. This has been this has been a real Christmas joy, and uh, I hope you have a merry Christmas and a happy New Year. <laughs> I'm so glad to have had you on the show, and thanks for going on a beautiful ride with me. Beautiful journey. <laughs> Christmas time, time to share our love.